0: This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud yeah, depth, yeah, 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 yeah. check it out. Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check, and from beginning gotta tell us what's next, true believers they can come and connect, call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect.
1: God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. We're having another open discussion today. Anything that's on anyone's mind, go ahead and just hop out there and throw the topic out. You just want to come on and hang out with me a little bit. I'm going to put the the, the the thing in the chat right now. Anybody can come on and talk about anything you want, but I came prepared with a little topic just in case y'all got quiet on me tonight and it looks like that might be the case i was just kind of seeking the lord about what to talk about on the ride back from dave and busters and i turned on the radio there's a really good broadcast that comes on one of our stations here it's called focus on the family and there was a, a preacher i wasn't able to catch his name but he was talking about adam and eve in the garden of eden and the fact that the serpent comes up to eve but one of Adam's responsibilities was to tend to the garden and also to guard it, right? One of the responsibilities that God gave Adam was to actually guard the garden of Eden. And so he he gives him this instruction, right? But we know that the serpent comes along, right? And when the serpent comes, he begins to have a conversation with Eve and the Bible says that he deceived Eve. But the whole time that the serpent deceived Eve, Adam was silent, right? He was silent. And so when we're talking about what is a Sam, a Sam is a word that I heard from my cousin years ago. I don't think he made it up, but he's, he's the first person that brought it to my attention. And a Sam he was talking about was men. Specifically, he was talking about fathers, but you can also say just men as far as family is concerned, as far as head of household. And what it stands for is men being silent, absent, or missing, right? Silent, absent, or missing. And absent and missing sound very similar, but I think they're different in the sense of absent just kind of means like he's not active right but missing just means that he's nowhere to be found and so in our country today there's been a very intentional strategy to get rid of masculinity to get rid of manhood and just as much to get and and i guess by default the goal is to get rid of fatherhood to get rid of the man being in charge. Just like when the serpent came, Adam was silent, right? He had an opportunity to speak up. He had an opportunity to defend her. He, who knows where he actually was. Every time we see the picture, we always see a picture of him standing right beside her and then the serpent is right beside them. So if that's the case, where he really was literally just right beside Eve, And he hears that this person is saying something that blatantly goes against what God told him. It blatantly contradicts the word of God, the literal word of God. And he's witnessing this to his wife, whom he's supposed to love. And instead of him actually speaking up and saying something, what he does instead is that he chooses to be silent. And so I'm thinking about this idea of Sam, silent, absent, or missing, right? And what this particular preacher was saying on the radio, he was saying that sometimes in families, the man will just be the one that kind of takes the backseat, specifically when it comes to spiritual matters. You might say, oh, my wife is more spiritual than me. She's heavy into the church thing. That's not really my thing. I'm not really the spiritual leader. And that's a form of silence. And what the issue with that is, is it gives opportunity for things that contradict the word of God to actually creep in. So there's this very concerted effort to take away the presence of the Father. If you look even as simple as the imagery that we see, if you go back and watch some of those older TV shows, you know, I don't know all of them, but I think shows maybe like Andy Griffin or definitely the Cosby show. I know Bill Cosby controversial now and all that, but for a long time, you know, they had a TV show. I think it was called father knows best. So for a long time, we would see images of healthy families, um, a father and a mother. And oftentimes that dad was just a uh, very, very sound. He, he might've been a little funny. He had some dad jokes but he had a lot of wisdom. He was who they went to, they being that family, who they went to for advice, who they went to for guidance, who made a lot of the decisions. And oftentimes the wife in these sitcoms or TV shows, she would be a very supportive and very uh, well-included, very influential wife. She would help that husband make decisions. She would support that husband. So you would see this healthy depiction of what the family unit is supposed to be and what it's supposed to look like. But then somewhere down the line, even in the imagery that we would see on television, the father went from being sort of like the the brains and the brawn of the family, the decision maker of the family to really being the dope of the family. really almost practically being a liability, with the family. So you have, uh, and all these are my guys, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but you have people like Homer Simpson, you know, Homer Simpson is, is a doofus as much as I like him. He's funny and all that, but he's a doofus. He's, he's the, 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 the least intelligent one in the family. Right. You know, Marge, she's she's just a mom. You know, she's just a mom. The kids are the smartest ones in the family. Lisa Simpson's the smartest one. And Bart Simpson, even though he's a, 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 you know, a little delinquent, he's also as smart, as crafty as he is. So you see them outsmarting their dad. Family guy. Now, I know these are cartoons, but I, I get to some humans. Family guy. Right. Family guy. Same thing. Peter Griffin is just a modernized version of Homer Simpson. He's just a doofus, the stupidest one in the family. You know, anything good he does is by accident. And they're all they're constantly trying to cover up his mess, trying to cover up his folly. As much as I love my guy, Al Bundy, <laughs> one of the greatest shows of all time, even though I'm about to talk about it a little bit. Uh, praise God. Well, I ain't gonna say praise God, but um i'm very thankful that they haven't canceled it yet it's probably just a matter of time but al bundy married with children god lo- loves his wife when you get to the core of it but on the surface is miserable he he depicts married life as being miserable right he he barely likes his wife even though when it comes down to it you know he'll defend her but 90% of the show he's miserable in his marriage his 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 daughter is a bimbo, you know, sad to say his dad, I mean, his, uh, his son is a loser, you know, living in the basement, a grown man and all this. And so the point I'm trying to make is there's a very concerted effort to minimize the role of the dad. And what's happened as a result of that is just as Adam let things that contradicted the word of God just creep in unabated. That word unabated means no resistance. It means that there's no presence to stop it, okay? They got a term in football unabated to the quarterback. That means that you started before the play started. You just ran up to him and nobody blocked you or anything like that. So the, the this false doctrine comes in unabated to the wife. And because the husband... In the case of Adam, placed himself lower than the wife by obeying his wife. Now, I'm not saying that husbands should not listen to their wives, but (laughs) what I am saying is that in this particular case, when Adam made this decision to hearken unto his wife, as the Bible says, specifically... And at the expense of listening to God, that's what we are really focusing on. At the expense of listening to God, right, it resulted in the fall of mankind. It resulted in the nakedness of his wife to the point where they had had to go and cover themselves with fig leaves. This particular pastor I was listening to on the radio, he was talking about how He takes trips to Israel and things like that. And whenever he takes these group trips, he always encourages people to feel the fig leaves. And he said that the leaf of a fig leaf is almost like gritty, like sandpaper. So there's an uncomfortability that had to happen when Adam and Eve went and covered themselves with fig leaves. It's not comfortable. Imagine taking some sandpaper. Some 200 grit sandpaper. I I, I got it right in that room, but I ain't about to get up. Taking some 200 grit sandpaper and you just, it's rubbing up against you. It's rubbing up against you. All because Adam was a Sam. He was either silent, absent, or missing. So the result of the minimalization of the presence of the father has resulted in the misdefining, I don't think that's a word, of what the family is, right? If the father becomes expensible, excuse me, expendable, and he can be removed, then what that means is anything can be a family now. So you can have two men as a family, two women as a family. You can just uh, have two men and adopt a child. or You, you can just have uh, uh, polygamy. You can have surrogate mothers. And, and th- all of these different type of scenarios come about because it waters down what God actually established, what he actually established. And so whenever men function in this role of not speaking up when they know something is right, because that's the type of silence that we're talking about. We're talking about not speaking up when you know something is not right or when you know something is wrong. That is the endemic nature. That is the endemic nature and we begin to function in that when we don't know Christ and even if we do know Christ Even if we make that choice not to stand up for what's right, we're still functioning. We being men are still functioning in silence. And it's the silence that has allowed all of this foolishness to come into our society. I saw something earlier. Um, My cousin sent this to me. I actually saw it before he sent it to me. I'm going to see if I can get it up on the screen without taking up too much time. But basically, you know, you you see these people on TikTok, and they have all of these different type of agendas, all of these different type of uh, prop, all of this different type of propaganda that they're trying to bring onto the scene. Right? They're trying to bring this onto the scene, and you know, I saw a video of a person who was trying to justify being attracted to minors. And we talked about this a little while ago on the channel. This might've been a year ago now. And y'all probably was like, what is he talking about? And here it is again. It's coming up now, but it's even more prevalent. It's even more prevalent. And uh, see if we can find it. So this person, these these weird people, right? Who uh, I don't even think a lot of times these people are human. I don't even think these people are actually. When, when I say I don't think they're human, what I mean is, I believe that they are so far under the presence of demons, right? They are they are physically human, yes, but as far as their actual personality and And as far as what they actually are. Give me one second to bring this up. As far as what they actually are, you know, these are broken people who have allowed spiritual entities to come into them. And to bring about a certain type of propaganda Or a certain type of belief system rather I'm looking for it right now Let me just see if I can talk as I'm looking for it I'm looking for it right now I'm trying to It's like one of the things that's kind of hard to search Um, But you guys have seen these things You guys have seen People who, uh, all of these different things that are floating around the internet, all of these different agendas and things like that. And you guys can weigh in. I put the link on here if anybody wants to come and talk about any of this. But some of this stuff has been strategic, it's been strategic. If you look just as a case study, the African American community for a long time, the African American or black community, however you want to call it, I kind of prefer black, the black community actually had strong families and they used to have strong families because they had strong husbands and wives and they would produce sensible children they would produce sensible children right but what ended up happening was social services began to incentivize not having men or husbands being present in the house. So effectively, if there was a a, a woman and she had a child and she wanted government assistance for that particular child, what she would do is she would, uh, I guess, apply for whatever she's applying for, but they would have welfare checks. And in these particular checks if they found out that a man was living in the house with you then you would get taken off of that particular program and what that did was it forced that particular woman and i guess to some degree that man that man also to make a decision as to do i want to get a husband and depend on that husband and build with that husband or do i want to have the government effectively be my husband and maybe keep my my, my man because he's not my husband because it is not legal but keep my man off to the side and you know maybe just keep him over there hidden in the corner right or maybe even if I just want kids but I don't want the hassle of dealing with a man or I you know I, I like this man but now I got bored with him so I'm tired of him but I just still want the kids then now she has a safety net so that there's no way for her to fall and face any type of consequence. If you do fall, right, and make a mistake, and I put that in quotes, sometimes it's mistakes, sometimes it's intentional, or or I'll say at least negligent. If you fall, we have a safety net that's going to catch you. The government effectively becomes the husband of these women. And when the government becomes the husband of these women, the government is separated from church. There's a separation between church and state. So uh, the government has the ability to bring in things that are contrary to the word of God. And for a while, this country's government was founded upon the word of God to a certain degree. But now that man has been in in position so long and man has rejected the word of god for so long effectively what has done is it has allowed heresy and i'm not even sure we can call it heresy because it's government right <laughs> but it has allowed heresy to creep into the nation and it has eroded away at the moral fabric of the nation to the point where we have people openly advocating for minor attracted person rights. So I'm going to play this person. I don't think I need a disclaimer, but it's like, and you know, I ain't trying to be be messy or nothing, but you just list, look and listen to these people. And if you got any type of spiritual discernment, you could tell they're like 90% taken over by a demon, right? Uh, but let me see if I can pull this up. Let me make sure this is what I want. Okay, so just to give you some context, this person's name is Alan Walker. I think they're quote-unquote non-binary. You know I don't really subscribe to those terms. But um, anyway, I'm going to let this person explain what it is that they're advocating for. And I haven't watched the whole thing from this particular video. I saw it in another video. So hopefully this is capturing what I'm trying to explain. But this is effectively what it's really saying. Let's take a listen. Hopefully you guys can hear this.
2: Thanks so much for that question. Um, I use the term minor attractive person or MAP uh, in the title and throughout the book for multiple reasons. Um, first of all because I think it's important to use terminology for groups that members of that group want others to use for them. Um, And MAP advocacy groups like Before You Act um, have advocated for use of the term MAP. Um, They've advocated for it primarily because it's less stigmatizing than other terms like pedophile. Uh, A lot of people, when they hear the term pedophile, they automatically assume that it means a sex offender uh, and that isn't true and it leads to a lot of misconceptions about attractions toward minors. Um, I've definitely heard the idea that you brought up, though, that the use of the term minor attracted person suggests that it's OK to be attracted to children. Uh, but using a term that communicates who someone is attracted to doesn't indicate anything about the morality of that attraction.
1: OK, so you heard that now, effectively, what that person is saying is that. There needs to be advocacy for people who have a quote-unquote natural attraction to minors. What they're basically saying is, we as human beings cannot control who we're attracted to. And just because someone is a tr- happens to be attracted to someone or something that they would argue is beyond their control, they would probably say that they were born with this attraction. Just because that's the case, right, um, doesn't mean that we should villainize them. Now, here's the deal. Everybody is born in sin and shaped in iniquity. All of us have have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, all of us have certain vices and attractions and addictions and things like that, that we may or may not have been born with. A lot of people argue about born this way. Is are people are born a certain type of way? To me, it doesn't matter because the Word of God says that you got to be born again. <laughs> so if you have to be born again, to me, it don't matter how you was born. Either way, you have to be born again. But you know, folks that don't fully understand the gospel, they can't grasp that term. But my point is that. they would advocate that it's something that these people can't control. And since they can't control it, or I would say maybe they can't control it, but because they can't control the fact that they have the, the, the attraction, doesn't mean that we should villainize them. What it means is that we should advocate for them. So in that particular clip I showed you, I'm not exactly sure what type of advocacy that person's going for. I don't know if he's going as far as to say that We should allow them to deal with or pursue children, which we know ultimately that's what they ultimately wanted to lead up to. And so when we know this, my question is, where are the men? Where are the fathers? All of the Sams have to come up and be born again and get in alignment with God. One of the things that causes people to be silent is unrighteousness. Because the Bible says that the righteous are bold as a lion. So what it means to be righteous is simply to be in right standing with God. Now, when you're in right standing with God, that means God has your back. It means that he empowers you to actually stand up in, in in an inferno and say whatever it is that you have to say because you know that if you're speaking from the kingdom of God, then he's going to have your back. He says, greater is he that is within me or, or within you than he that is within the world. So you have the backing of God. But if we are not in right standing with God, if we're not righteous that causes us to be silent. It's hard to speak up against something if you're doing it yourself, because then you would make yourself an open hypocrite. And I think all humans know, especially all believers should especially know that whatever amount of judgment that you, you exercise, that's the amount of judgment that's going to re- be returned back on you. So before anybody gets up and starts preaching a whole bunch of stuff, you got to as old folks say, sweep around your own front door <laughs> before you try to sweep around mine, because then you will be functioning as a hypocrite, and that's one of the worst things that we can be. And sometimes we can be uh, we can be intentional hypocrites, or sometimes we could be what I call retroactive hypocrites. There's been a few times I've been a retroactive hypocrite, and it's one of the worst feelings in the world. You know, you preach against something and you really mean it and you, you really mean it. And then the devil come and test you with it. And then you're like, man, I, I thought I meant it, but I didn't. And then you look up and you're like, I guess technically that makes me a hypocrite. So we never want to find ourselves in that position of hypocrisy. We want to make sure that we are living in such a way that we are able to speak boldly and when we do so, we don't have to worry about it coming back on us. So there has to be a longing for men to put away the distractions, to put away the pleasures. The main thing men are distracted with are pleasures. I saw something to uh, this week where this guy was kind of talking about how men need to cut, cut back on and you know, pleasurable things like consuming your whole day with football and video games, and basically all of these things. I, I would say the way Paul said it, he said, "When I, when I was a child, I spake as a child, right? But when I was when I became an adult, I put away childish things." There's a lot of grown men who engage in childish things childish things. I have friends that are older than me and they still watch wrestling. <laughs> they still play video games. And I'm not saying, you know, if if I got a kid in my house and he's like 12 and he want to play the game, I can sit down with him and play the game for a couple rounds. You know what I mean? But I'm talking about Like when I was, when I was, look, I used to be heavy into the games. I was really good on Call of Duty, like really good. I wasn't the best shot, but tactical stuff, I'm laying Claymore mines. I'm (laughs) I'm laying, I'm calling in the tanks, all that other type of stuff. I was really good. Uh, An okay shot. I give myself like a C plus, B minus, but Madden, I used to be really good at that. NBA 2K, I was superb at that. So it's like we can't be spending all day playing them things i used to, i played call of duty one time the game tracks how how long you spend online playing the game and i looked on there one time and it said that i was playing the game for 2 weeks <laughs> and i'm not saying like 2 weeks as in the span of 14 days uh you know i put pick the game up put it down i'm saying like if you added up all of my game time Of me playing the game. Then it was literally two weeks of my life that I had played playing that game. And I I think I was still playing it. I hadn't even stopped. (laughs) So it probably was like, ended up being like three or four literal weeks. And I was like 20, 25, 26 years old. You know, maybe even 27. I was still playing games up to like 20. Basically, I stopped playing games once I got saved. But. My point is, we're distracted. We being men are distracted with pleasure. And the pleasure is causing us to be distracted. It's causing us to be irresponsible, meaning that we don't want to take up the responsibility of family and fatherhood. You know, call it what you want me and all of the the guys i went to school with none of us are married and i'm talking about probably like five probably like six of us five or six of us none of us are married um one of us has kids you know but 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 the, but the guys i grew up with none of them married you know none of us are married and so why is that you know what there's a lot of things we can point to but i believe that one of the main reasons is that this particular generation is in some ways arrested in our development. We're arrested in our development. You know, my dad's generation, he's a boomer. He he was born in 1948. They was out the house by 1819. You was 1819, you was out the house. <laughs> I moved out of my parents' house at 26. Now, granted, I bought a house and I could have afforded an apartment you know what i mean but it's like something about our generation we just want to grow up slower and then we come up with slogans 40 is the new 30 you know what i mean so we we 40 years old but we feel and act like we're 30 and it feel it does feel that way i'm dang near approaching 40 i'm i'm 37 years old closer to 38 than i am to 37 right uh so i'm practically 40 <laughs> but i don't feel like 40 felt when I was a kid, looking at 40, if that makes sense. So there's something that's being done to the men and the women that is causing a, a stunted growth. Even on a physical level, I heard something this week about how even the testosterone levels of, of males has drastically gone down. So I don't know if it's the food. I don't know if it's the attitude, but I do know that there's an attack on masculinity. I remember when when they first came up with this word, the metrosexual. Some of you may remember. I feel like I started first seeing that word maybe like in the in the 2000s like maybe maybe you know thousand two thousand 2002ish. I feel like it might have been a little after high school, a little while I was in college. You started hearing this idea of like a a metrosexual and it's it's like, what is that? And it was kind of like this guy who's in the city. He's a mover and a shaker, but he's very fashion savvy. He's very uh not focused on uh brunt masculinity, maybe a smooth, smooth type guy, soft raiment. And 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 that kind of crept on the scene, and then you had TV shows like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. So you're a straight guy, but you're allowing a a group of homosexual men, I guess, to dress you, right? So so instead of you as a man figuring out how you want to dress and present yourself as a man, you make the decision that this homosexual man can give me a better version of how I should present as a man. So we started to effectively care about stuff that women care about you caring about how you look just you men spending as much time in the mirror as their girlfriend spends in the mirror you taking as much time to get ready as your girlfriend and you look at this in men today you know i i said this a while ago you think about you know if i was to say something like loves jewelry long hair. My bad. Um, Loves jewelry, long hair, always showing off their butt. You would think I was talking about a dude, right? I mean, my bad, a woman, excuse me. (laughs) Sorry, I thought I heard somebody knocking. You would think I'm talking about a, a woman, but that's a lot of the dudes today. Dudes walk around, they sag their pants, they're fashionistas. They got long hair. They got earrings. They got jewelry. They got more earrings and jewelry than their girlfriend does. You know, more emotional, uh, or I'll say it this way, driven, emotional and driven by their emotions than their girlfriend is. You know, something happens, the first thing they do is fly off the handle because they saw that from their mother growing up and they didn't have a man to emulate how to Be how to be still, pause, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and process, and then respond. Right? They don't have a handle over the situation, so they respond out of anxiety. And it's because the imagery that they saw growing up was an imagery of, uh, And I'm talking about now I'm on the single mother homes and no disrespect anybody single mother, you know, it just is what it is, but they see somebody who typically responds with emotion. They see someone who typically is able to, to have more things handed to them in life than they actually will receive as a man. So then when you go out as a man and you figure out that you don't get the same treatment as a woman. These guys don't know how to respond to it. And this is a cycle that's perpetuated from these Sam's silent, absent, or missing. This is what we ha- have, and then it produces a crime rate where you go someplace like Chicago, they up, having upwards of 600, 700 murders a year sometimes. I don't even know where they even be getting this many people to, to be murdered like that. I'm like, how you having 600... 700 murders a year i go on reddit sometimes i go on the Chirac, chiracology a subreddit and i don't ever comment i just be on there seeing what's going on you know i got i gotta stay a little bit hip you know what i mean and every other week such and such died such and such died sometimes it'd be a big name rapper but a lot of times it just be just these miscellaneous and i hate to call people this but but they're just miscellaneous black bodies, as people like to say, they just, they're, they're birthed into this cycle. They come into the cycle. They do the things of the cycle, be a cancer to your neighborhood, uh, cause a lot of chaos. They basically become an agent of chaos. And most of the time they reproduce and produce another agent of chaos. And then the cycle just keeps going and going and going and why is it able to flourish? Is able to flourish because of the Sams, those that are silent, absent, or missing. You know, some of you might have seen this story. I'll see if I can find it. There was a high school, and I, I can't remember the state. I want to say Mississippi, but I don't know if that's right. But anyway, excuse me, They they were... They were having fights at this school, just just some typical hood stuff. If you've been to a hood school, you already know what's up. I ain't even got to explain it. (laughs) But they was doing hood rat things with their friends, you know what I'm saying? And the dads just came together. The dads just came together and decided that they were going to curb the violence, Louisiana, at this Louisiana school. So I'm gonna let you see this story. You know what I mean? It to me, this should just be commonplace, you know. And I don't know all the details of this. I don't know, you know. Some of it seem a little, a little. It seem a little bit weird that this story was able to come to the forefront of America. Like it's, it's a little bit shady, but I'm just gonna let it be what it's gonna be. But, but for what it is, I think we do need to acknowledge it. I'm one of them type of people, I, I'm like, you shouldn't acknowledge people for what they should already be doing. But but for something like this, we do need to, to acknowledge it.
3: When the SOS went up at a troubled school, who answered the call? A bunch of DADs. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman on the road. Not many good news stories begin in such a bad news way. It happened last month here at Southwood High School in Shreveport, Louisiana. Plagued with violence. That's Over the course of three days, another fight. 23 students arrested for fighting. Massive police response. But strangely, there hasn't been another incident since. Perhaps in part because of this most unusual crisis intervention team. Nobody here has a degree in school counseling. No majors in criminal justice. No, no. Your qualifications are?
2: Dad. we dads.
4: We decided the best people who can take care of our kids are who?
3: For us. What we do. So Michael Lafitte started Dads on Duty. We're out doing what we do for our babies. A group of about 40 Southwood dads who now hang out at the school in shifts. Got about a minute. I'm Today, any a little bit. negative energy that enters the building has to run a gauntlet of good parenting.
4: What's going on, buddy? You moving fast. I like that horse.
1: I immediately felt a form of safety. We stopped fighting, people started going to class.
3: How could that be?
2: You ever heard of a look?
3: A look? Dads have the power to do that? Yes.
2: (laughs) Yes. <laughs> not many people know it, but yes.
3: Let's go, let's go. But it's not just the firm stares and stern warnings. Let's make it the class, my son. It's also the dad jokes.
2: <laughs> they just make funny jokes like, oh, hey, your student's untied, but it's really not untied. <laughs> and they hate it. They're so embarrassed
3: by it. <laughs> it's that perfect mix of tough love and gentle ribbing that dads do so well that has helped transform this school.
4: The school has really just been
1: like, happy and you can feel it
3: which is why the dads plan to keep coming to southwood indefinitely
4: because not everybody has the father the father figure at home or a male
3: so y'all get the idea y'all get the idea (laughs)
1: yeah so i mean just the presence of those dads and praise god that those dads are able to be there because folks got jobs (laughs) so i don't know what these dudes able to do during the day that i mean you know where they work where they able to do that but you know, praise God that whatever reason they're able to, and in them being able to, they're choosing to allocate their free time to to invest in something that they think is going to be beneficial in the long run. You know, I mentored for several years. Some of you know this. I was with an organization here in D.C. called Concerned Black Men, Washington D.C. chapter, and I mentored for about five years or so, and. A lot of times, the kids won't always express what your presence means, or they might not even appreciate what you're doing in their lives at that particular moment. But it's amazing when you get to see the growth in these kids, and when you really get to uh, have the feeling of imparting. And there's pros and cons that come with it. You know, I've I've seen kids come through the program and become productive citizens one of them is in the navy now and you know i need to actually follow up and see what the other ones are doing but you hear them go off to school and stuff like that unfortunately though some of them because it's a tug of war some of them make b- worse decisions uh one one of my students you guys some of y'all might remember unfortunately he committed suicide and he was only 22 years old and and he was one of our in my opinion, more well rounded quality type boys that came through the program. But anyway, I would see these kids come in and they would barely speak. If you, you know, we're discussing something, they would barely want to open up their mouth and talk. And some of that is because you're around your peers and you don't want to seem like you just the little goody two shoe. So it's like, I'm half participate. I'm so cool. I don't want to participate. But then once they became more comfortable with participating, but also with being confident in knowing that what you have to say is valuable, whether it's right. See, this is what we would teach them. Whether it, it ain't about it being right or wrong, right? Especially if we're having a discussion. There is really no right or wrong. Sometimes it might just be your perspective or your opinion, but it's, it's not about Whether it's right or wrong, it's about us wanting to hear what it is that you have to say. And something about these boys, when they were coming to this program, they were carrying almost like a spirit of silence. They didn't want to speak or they were very timid. It's like they didn't want to kind of step up and just have confidence. But then, the more that we would fellowship with one another, and the more that we would expose them to things, we taking them skiing, we taking them camping, we taking them doing art projects. The idea was throw 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 a whole bunch of stuff at them. You know, these are just inner city boys from DC. Just throw stuff at them that they might not otherwise be exposed to, and see what sticks. And so we would introduce them to things and ask them what they thought about it. Show them, take them to the movies. You know, we saw Jackie Robinson, we saw Hidden Figures, take them to the movies, talk to them about the movie afterwards, get their perspective, right? And um, a lot of those kids, by the end of the program, that silence was broken off of them. You know, it, it, it's something about what's being done with boys in this country, where I think little black boys are some of the most medicated people in the country, meaning that they get prescribed drugs for being on ADHD and other things like that. And some of these, 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 uh, parents are incentivized to put them on the thing because they get money for these, for some of these kids having these prescription drugs and, you know, having a disability and things like that. So so I'm of the belief, I don't think of all these boys are ADHD. I think there's two things going on. I think one of them, some of them just need some discipline, some structure, and a rod of correction. You know, the Bible says that uh, hell is bound in the a, in a heart of a child or something like that. But the rod of correction basically beats it out of them. <laughs> so they need that. But they need that structure from a father. They need the logic of a father. They need the temperament of a father. They need the presence of a father. And they also just need to know that they're valuable. They need to know that they're important. I remember in school, they used to always tell us girls mature three years faster than boys. So all through middle school and high school, I'm just thinking like, all the girls are just so much more mature than us. You know, like, like, girls, they're just so mature. <laughs> and it wasn't until I became an adult, I'm like, girls are so immature. <laughs> I'm just joking, kind of. But I'm like, they're just as immature as, as dudes, if not more. You know what I mean? You know, silliness. They just want to have fun. But imagine if you're a boy, middle school, high school, and you're always taught. like It kind of gives you this inferiority complex. Like, because they're quieter than you and they're not as rambunctious as you, you kind of feel like, well, maybe I am the immature one. or You know what I mean? So I think there's a lot that's being said and done to take away the confidence of, of boys from a young age to bring about that, what I'm temporarily calling spirit of silence, right? A spirit of silence. So what I want to do now, I've been talking for quite some time. I want to go into the chat. And I want to see if there's any comments that you guys are saying. I put the link to this chat if anyone wants to hop on here real quick and just weigh in in general. We're talking tonight about Sam's men being silent, absent, or missing, specifically with the family, right? Men being silent, absent, or missing. There was one other video I saw this week that I was thinking about showing you guys. Let me see if I can pull it up. This one's going to be even harder for me to find. But, uh, you know, it's it's just a lot of nonsense that is being spread, and there's nobody checking these people. Because of PC culture, it has made it so that if anybody says something, then you're going to get quote-unquote canceled. You're going to get muted. So because people don't want to get canceled or muted, we don't have that presence of guys to to weigh in. Praise the Lord. I see my brother Jay came on here. Hey brother, I'm about to add you to the stream, all right? God bless you, brother. How you doing? I'm doing
4: good, man. It's a really good topic, man. I just want to chime in real quick.
1: Please do, brother. Go
4: ahead. I, I remember like I think me you just had just like a short discussion. Remember, I had text you and I said, hey, What is in your in your um what do you think? What is a real man? Basically. And um, it came back to my mind when I was watching you. And one, I mean, my friends, I've been discussing this. And one thing I understand is there's like a, there's like a shortage of men, especially in the body of Christ, like kind of like in my church, there's more women than men. And in the world, like you look at the ratio, there's also more, you know, there's more women anyway. And one thing I understand is if you really want a nation to fall, you have to bind a strong man. And when men are out of place, this is what happens. Like, think about it, like you we, we just showed all them kids fighting and when uh, male, the male figures, they just came in and their presence changed the atmosphere. So when it comes down to that, we, um, we all have to do our part as, as men and step up to the plate and make sure we do what we need to do. And a lot of times um, we can help others to understand that um, just your presence is enough. We don't have to do all this extraordinary stuff. We just have to be men. Like, um, one thing David said, uh, was it, what was his son's name? Was it Solomon? He said, yeah, show yourself a man. That, that was the first, first thing he said. One, he didn't say, he didn't say pray. He didn't say get no know God. He said, show yourself a man. Wow. Because, <laughs> because it's so important. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, then he said get to know know, Lord and all that type of stuff. So it's really, really important in this day and age that um all men step up and do and play their part because women like the single women, they do their thing, but it's not really meant for a woman to raise a child by themselves. They need a strong man in the house. They need that. Even though the women are doing a wonderful job, I know some single mothers, they're doing really good. But when the when a male is there, that authoritative figure, that um that disciplinarian. Um, Is there it really makes a big difference in children's life, and if you, if you have noticed, if you really just look at all our friends and our surroundings, the people that have two pair of households with a strong male figure they tend to end up being um, more level headed, more understanding of things, and things like that.
1: Absolutely, bro. Even down to statistics, like statistically, that's the case. Um, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but mm-hmm. things down to like you know, uh, school grades, income level, your level of education, how much you end up making, all of that has a potential. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, there's always exceptions to the rules and anomalies and stuff like that, but it has a potential to influence your trajectory in life. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, one thing that I want to ask you that came to mind as you were speaking, Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask this question, and I I guess I'm thinking of it from the perspective of a woman but maybe even from the perspective of a child and to some degree from the perspective of a man, it's kind of the same question that you was discussing, but the question is how do, how does one recognize a man? Mm-hmm. And I'm asking that because uh, you mentioned the single mothers and, and a lot of them are doing a wonderful job, but one of the reasons why that, continues to be a cycle is because uh in this day and age women have the the autonomy to choose who they want to deal with who they want to reproduce with right and so there has to be a decision that's made that says okay she at least knows this is a male but there's a decision that's made that I'm willing to potentially reproduce with this person. And then if he ends up being a Sam, silent, absent, or missing, right? Then she's kind of like stuck with this guy. It's almost like she didn't recognize that he was a man. So how do we recognize what a man is?
4: Well, in a city, like um, one thing that came to my mind is like the most masculine person in the Bible that I'm aware of, and I'm pretty sure everybody can agree with this, was Jesus. He was present. He wasn't silent. <laughs> he was masculine. <laughs> he didn't back down. He didn't have no no fear, no regard for men or anything like that. So he's an example that we really have. It's other men in the Bible. David was a, you know, he David had his downfalls, but he was a man. We we knew he was a man. It was it's some really good examples. I really feel like the Word of God can really give you a a firm good example of a man, especially a godly man. Because even in my church, one thing we say in the man ministry: if you ain't a man of God, are you a man? You know, because it's like wow. you really God to be to reach your full potential. It's kind of like in Genesis, you know, in um Genesis, um this um Satan was a snake, right?
2: Mm-hmm. He became
4: the vitamin snake. Did you notice um snakes they fool head first and an army wow. in the head? So if you if you destroy the head, how the house gonna stand, you know, because who, who gonna like like I just said earlier. But yeah, so the um the Bible really give us the word of God basically give us the proper example that we need of a man because sometimes it's such a shortage of a man. It's kind of like um one scripture I remember when I first read this, I had to really pray about it. I think it's in Isaiah chapter one, when it mm-hmm. says seven women, women, seven women should cling to one man.
1: Mm-hmm to take away I mean, their reproach.
4: Yeah, exactly. So, cause it's like, I think, if I, when I did my research about it, I think the, all the men went to war and they're like, you know, so a lot of men died. But in, in this day and age, it's still, it's still a, that's a pandemic, you know, if we could say that. <laughs> it's like such yeah. a shortage of men that, um, you see these, these men, um, being engulfed by lust, you know, being into polygamy. Then when it comes out to the body of Christ, I was thinking about this the other day. It's so many men going to these false religions cause they, they, they're giving them such a false authority, you know, like the Hebrew Israelites and the Muslims. Mm-hmm. You see a whole bunch of, especially African-American men, flocking to that because they feel the power. But as the as born-again believers, we have the power. That's false yeah. authority. We have real authority. We should have tread on snakes and scorpions, that's what the scripture says.
1: I see that, man. I, I see that so much in like you were saying, a lot of the, the black community, the black Hebrew Israelites and gravitating towards Islam and things like that. I think what appeals to them is the structure.
4: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, I think that that there's a certain order, there's a certain bravado sometimes that comes with that. And I think also it's like they feel they feel like they've seen Christianity already and that it's not really producing what they want to see, Mm -hmm. but it could just be that they haven't actually seen a personal relationship with the Lord working in their lives, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, I agree with what you said, you know, the Bible gives us so many examples of what a man is, um, what a man is called to be. And, and, and I like that question that you kind of threw out there. Can somebody even be a man if they're not a believer? You know, um, man, what is a man? That's that's I feel like we got to have a separate man. You're going to have to have a whole separate thing about that, about what is a man. Yeah. Um, but just recognizing the man. And and so so I'm, it's two things that you said that I want to get to. And I'm going to say both before I forget. One is the seven women to one guy. And I think what you might where you might have been going with that is that. Because there is a shortage of men, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Were you saying that like women are kind of like settling for men that they might instinctively know are not men? Mm -hmm. But because there's a shortage, now they're just kind of dealing with these men. Yeah, like um, because
4: like before I became a a believer. Well, I always believed in God, but until I became born again, I didn't really become a man of God. I remember I had several girlfriends. I'm just be transparent and I, I and i'm a pretty honest guy you've been knowing me long enough i was literally tell the truth like look i got a girlfriend but they they was so desperate for a male figure and all them girls had daddy issues none of them had a good relationship with their father and mm-hmm. you know back when i was in the world i kind of prayed on it because them do women are easy to manipulate but um mm-hmm. our glory to god god delivered me thank god but one thing i understood in that situation was i was telling the truth they were selling for that it's some women out here literally well, they the guy, know this guy probably out here doing whatever, but they just need a, a male in the house. They don't really care if he's a man because a real man is going to be faithful. A real man is going to be honest. A real man won't, won't embarrass you like that because mm-hmm. like if you're selling for that, what is your value? And on the, on the flip side of this, when it comes down to the women, the enemy really attacks women insecurities because they're not being affirmed by a man in the household. Like, um, I have some female friends and, um, they didn't really have a good relationship with their father like that. So basically, they're insecure. So basically, any old raggedy dude come along that's halfway high, and if they're not really where they need to be in Christ, they'll settle. So on the other side of day, women are sometimes women will settle because they just feel like, you know, there's not enough men. Like it's kind of like another story coming to my mind. It's like lot of daughters. Remember what they said? Like, is there a man for us? Wow. <laughs> and then like, so it's like, come on, like, that was real wild because I was we knew from the, from looking, look from perspective of the Bible, there was, I was, you know, there was still men around, but they had such great fear. They had to do what they did with their father
1: and stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of tough for certain, for the women who want to do the right thing as well, because even when you want to do the right thing, because so many of these women have some of those issues that you were talking about, they, there's like the other women are going to settle anyway. So then it put pressure on, the women who want to do right, they like, well, if I got to compete with this, maybe I need to lower my standards. And I, w- I would just, I'm a believer in die with your integrity. <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> you know, right. I got
1: certain principles that I'm just not going to compromise on and, and I'm just going to die with them. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. I might not need to, maybe I'll get, you know, I won't have to, I'll get what I want and not have to deal with that. But, uh, mm-hmm. the other thing I wanted to say too. It's just the idea of when I was talking about, I don't know if you were on when I was talking about men being inundated with pleasure and leisure and it's arresting the development of men like sports and video games, not saying there's anything inherently wrong with those, but I'm talking about the obsession of those things. And the one I meant to say, but I left out was women, right? Um, That is, pretty much the main and and i guess to a certain degree women you could also say pornography but but just women in general that's the main thing uh that that guys deal with that i believe is stifling them you know and it and it's 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 tough because a lot of the women today present themselves as objects Mm-hmm. So then, it has to take a, a a a a the mind of Christ to to either not look at that at all, or at least if you see it, to look past that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and 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 begin to either ignore them or or just to begin to focus on the the ones that you should focus on, not be distracted by that is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know. So so, what does it take to be a Joseph and not a Solomon? Cause it's something I've been dealing with personally, man. I I felt like for a while I was doing real good, and then recently I just felt felt this Solomon, that Solomon crept up on me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I'm trying to move from being a Solomon to a Joseph. And, and, and for anybody, you know what I mean by that, right?
4: Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah, just you know, putting your, you know, really, it's basically like putting your flesh under subjection. Because we all have our moments. We're men, like um. The desire for a woman is not wrong, but we have to make sure it's filter, it's filter, filtered through Christ. And one thing in the book of Genesis, before God brought um, Eve to Adam, he he, um, he put him to sleep. That means his flesh was asleep. So basically, in the season of like, you know, since me, and you are a single man, we really got to spend spend a lot of time in God's presence, and really be fasting and praying to keep our flesh on this rejection, because the appetite for a companion is not wrong. But you know the end will come in and perverted in a minute, you know, have you up here, send your friends get married, seeing your friend, da, 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 da. You'd be like, oh man, da, da, da. and you up here mm. trying to hold on for God to be pure, you know, trying to take cold showers because it's hard, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's just difficult. Yeah. Waking up every day like Jesus, can you help me right now? But <laughs> at the end of the day, um, it's about keeping our flesh on the projection and um keeping our mind on Christ because He'll keep us in perfect peace. Because yes. like when you when you when you think about things that, that um, stirs your anxiety and your worry you, you're basically you not in peace and God and Jesus is peace he's the prince of peace as the, as the scripture says so basically um, one thing about Joseph he had a lot of integrity like did you remember when he got thrown in the pit and the pharaoh called him because because it gives man rule for him he literally shaved his face and cleaned himself up he had a bad attitude like man you threw do me down for two years I ain't shaved. I ain't even take no bath I ain't even do nothing of that. what you want bro what you want, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, but because of his integrity, because I really believe he was down there spending time with God, because it takes a lot of integrity to face a man that just threw you in jail for no reason, and then you still, wow, you know, um, and you still, and you end up getting elevated after that, but it's it's basically fasting and prayer and spending time with God, and really understand, because me personally, before I got saved, I had a real bad issue with women, and I found my identity in women, but I have to find my identity mm-hmm. in Christ. So so I have to, in the season before God blesses me with a woman, I have to make sure I'm consecrated for him. I have to uh, focus on my purpose. So I believe when you focus on your purpose and your flesh dump subjection, everything will work out. Yes, you will have warfare, but God will give you peace in the season of um you, before you transition to another season.
1: That is so true, man. And it's just so simple you know what i mean it's it's so it's so it's really simple man it's just a matter of doing it you know what i mean it's just a matter of doing it let me ask you this question cuz i was talking earlier about none of my friends that i grew up with like my best friends mostly before i was saved and even the ones i'm friends with now that are saved most of them are those men are not married um are your male friends that you grew up with are they married now um my
4: best friend, he's finna, he finna propose to his girlfriend, and my other friend, he's thinking about marrying his girlfriend. Some, some, and one of my, one of my other friends, he, he married. So most, most of my friends, they have a desire to be married, or they are already married. And mm-hmm. um, uh, honestly, there's an attack on marriage too. If you really think about it, the, that's the, the what the I was period, getting at. Yeah, mm-hmm. the purest form of it, because like you take away marriage, you know, what I'm saying like, marriage, honestly, marriage was instituted before the church. If you think about it, right? So yeah, you know, so you know, the enemy loves to pervert everything. It's just kind of like with pornography. We have like I I seen a statistic the other day. Within the last three years, uh, people, the viewers of pornography has multiplied times three. Why is that? Because we have have such easy access to it, and television. We can watch commercials. Always this perversion. Like it's a lot of perversion in the atmosphere. But we have to stay pure and holy before God. Because Mm -hmm. without holiness. Without, no man can see the Lord. So we have to keep His commandments, stay true to Him. Don't don't let any type of aversion come in, because it's like sometimes like it's disorder in church because of it. And it starts in the home. This whole this whole conversation starts in the home. If you get if you get the home right, even policy. If you don't move your if you your house away, you can, like, what you gonna do with the house of God? You know. Wow. What I'm saying? So that's that's the point I have to make on this.
1: Man. Well that's good stuff, brother. I'm glad you kind of hopped on, man. Just just kind of talking about this idea of Sam's and yeah. how we need men to be present. I yep. think you said Jesus was, was present, he was right. active. He was and si- and, and, and he <laughs> was there and he wasn't silent. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that, that is and, and even, even when you see the depiction of Jesus in yeah. in pop culture, they don't they try to make him seem Yes, he was he was meek, but they try to make him seem less masculine than what he actually was when he walked the earth. Like what he actually is, they try to make him less masculine than that. Exactly. Have you noticed that?
4: Yeah, yeah, man. All these pictures of him standing the kind of way. Like when you read the Bible and you really just didn't picture Jesus, you you he's he was a carpenter. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Like you know, what, that's, that's the most masculine job. <laughs> you <have in> <laughs> like, yeah, you're yeah. Foot all day and hitting a hammer all day. So it's <laughs> like. He building tables, like just imagine Jesus sweating and his hands are dirty. Like he's a, he was a man, you know, he was a real man. He mm-hmm. led by example. How he how he handled his disciples, like, where's your faith? He always kept it real with them. He also had love for them. He was also, he was always there for them. Like he still, even when Judas betrayed him, he was like, Oh, what you gotta go, do what you gotta go do. He still loved him. He still loved
1: him. Wow. You know mm. so
4: yeah, so you know, Jesus is the, is the perfect example. And um it's you know, and he and he's like I see he's very masculine. Like you really read the scriptures, how he talked, how he talked, how he dealt with the Pharisees, he, see, he got so tired of them, the whole what Matthew 23, he's just like, look, mm-hmm. I'm so sick of y'all, y'all dead bones, da-da-da, y'all this, y'all that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Laid into him. Yeah, so it's like sometimes look, he was the line in the lamb. We gotta learn about yes. <laughs> so
1: wow. Man, that's good stuff, man. Well, listen, Jay, I thank you for hopping on, bro. Um, I really appreciate your insight on this, man. And and uh, I know sometimes it takes a lot for folk to click that little link. It's like you just be sitting at home, minding your business, and <laughs> you yeah, might be man, in your pajamas. Just, just, just trying to break the ice,
4: man. Just trying to break. Yeah, the ice. Like, yeah. Like, I, I know people have stuff to say. This just I think, it's the fear because sometimes people. Have a fear of messing up. Me personally, I know God coming to a certain thing. So, me personally, I just run straight at it. And if I mess up, I mess up. <laughs> and that's what it is. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think God won't. I told my friend this, and I'm going to go. I told my friend, I said, There's nothing really significant about me. I just told God yes. That's, that's, wow. <laughs> you know, God, only thing He wants is your yes and your willingness. He'll, he'll teach you how to preach. He'll teach you how to lay hands and people recover. He'll teach you all those things. He just wants your yes and your commitment. And God can mm. do great and mighty things to you. All you have to do is say yes. Because there's so many people, just imagine, just think for a second. Imagine how many people walk past every day that probably told God no.
1: Wow.
4: (laughs) He had to call us, and we don't want to do it, you know? (laughs) I I am like, Jesus, who you talking to? And then you ain't talking to me. I'm praying like, no, Jesus, I don't want to do that. Who you talking to? You got the wrong Mm. guy.
1: But I said, yeah. Man. Praise the Lord, man. Well, I gotta thank God for you, brother. I appreciate everything you said, man. It blessed me in, in, in more ways that you than you might understand, man. Mm-hmm. But God is good, bro. I'm actually about to call it a night myself. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. So thanks for hopping on, bro. Uh, and and we'll be in touch. All right, bro. All right, man. Peace. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I thank God for brother Jay. Um, you know, I just love to see God working in His life. You know what I mean? And and you can follow him on Instagram. I don't have it in front of me. I think it's like Jay Moore or something like that. But God is just so good. Uh, man, forgive me for not being able to get to every comment. I'm going to go to the absolute very bottom and see if I can scrounge up about, you know, five or ten comments or so. But God is just so wonderful. And uh, man, it's, it's uh, the word of God is pure. It is pure. It is extremely pure. And he is amazing. All right, let's see if we got a few little comments and then we'll call it a night. Uh, Sister Brittany says, I believe I had zero standards when I was in the world. In terms of a man's character, at least, looks and money isn't everything. Absolutely. Well, I can't say absolutely. You, you, You sharing what you're sharing. But I understand what you're saying, sister, in that. You know, in the world, we're blind we're blind. I'm going to say this real quick. I was talking to uh brother Marcus today. We had our fellowship at Dave and Buster's and he was talking to me about the Travis Scott concert. And he was just kind of amazed at how people cannot blatantly see how demonic it is. And I was explaining to him that, that it's because they're blind. And, and a lot of times when we have sight, and we can see in somebody that looks like a human. You look like a human just like me. But if they have not been enlightened in their understanding, as the Bible says, I think it said the under, the un, their understanding being enlightened. And I, I ain't talking about like no crazy uh, third eye, no crazy, nothing like that. I'm talking about like Holy Spirit enlightenment. They just don't really have the capacity to understand. So you go into the concert and his you walk into his mouth and it's got all this demonic symbology and he's in there harmonizing these sounds that sound like he's doing a seance. It's an obvious ritual, but if you're blind, you won't be able to to perceive that. And so to your point, Brittany, when we are in the world, if we have not, I don't know what your upbringing was like, but if we had not really seen a man, then we're blind to what a man actually looks like. We're blind to that King of grace says I always had standards That liars would try to live up to But the cracks always showed Wow Yeah God will expose things He will definitely expose things Absolutely God is just so wonderful I'm just reading some of the comments Yes, yes, yes. N.W. says, I preach marriage. Yeah, marriage is vital. It's the foundation of communities, which are the foundations of states, which are the foundations of countries, right? Uh, A country is blessed based upon the institution of marriage because God flows through the family. You know, he flows through the church. He also ideally flows through the family. Like Jay said, he implemented the family, he instituted the family before he even instituted the church, technically. So that's a good point. Man, God is just so wonderful. <laughs> Sister Tatiana said, Jesus was portrayed as a soft, weak, white guy. Absolutely. And also a pretty boy. And I think one of those scriptures in the Bible more or less says he wasn't even like to be physically desired in terms of his looks. So God specifically sent somebody here that wasn't even that physically appealing, but there were people that would line up for Jesus. Why? Because he carried something that transcended his physical nature, right? He carried a presence about him. Oh man, this is I'm about to step on my toes and a bunch of other people's toes. Cause, cause, what do we look for in a mate? Oftentimes, we look for so many things that are external, right? Uh, gotta be this type of height, this type of weight, this type of shape. Might have to make this type of money. Just a lot of physical attributes. But are we attracted to people whose presence of God can actually transcend their physical attributes? Are we willing to 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 look past that to receive? See, there were people that would line up for Jesus. There was something I read earlier today. I'm not gonna find it in time, but it was in the book of Mark, you know, maybe like somewhere between Mark chapters four and nine. And it was just talking about like people were lining up for Jesus. You know, why? Because he carried something. King of Grace says, Jesus was humble like a real man. He definitely was. Yeah. Your brother Jay is always dropping heat. Amen. Absolutely. Glory to God. Sister D says, the lion and the lamb. Absolutely. Anyone who lays down their life, anyone who lays their life down and picks it up and while on the cross through pain and betrayal offer a criminal to the kingdom by the end of the day, is powerful. Wow. Jesus was secure. He was secure. He knew exactly who he was. And there was a lot of things that we would trip off of today that he just simply wasn't tripping off of. Moni says, yes, I saw a clip of a video where a guy was saying that he felt like he was in hell in the concert, referencing the Travis Scott concert. Yeah, I saw that clip as well, sister. NW says, Travis concert ain't nothing new. Warning been out for years on rap music. I agree to a certain extent in the sense of, you know, you go to these concerts, you go to, uh, even even things like going to the go-go, you go to the club, you know, it's certain songs that they play. If they play knuck If You Buck, it's a fight about to break up. Everybody walking around the club like this. <laughs> you know, coming to the club, shaking my dreads. Everybody walking around. Somebody about to fight. Okay? Same thing with the, the white people in the raves and the mosh pits. You know, they they. I, I never been to one of them, but they in there acting crazy. So there's always been this demonic element to the music, but I think this Travis Scott one was a little bit different because it's so brazen and it's it's so much more of it it was done at at a at a larger scale okay but i agree you go to the go-go you go to the club it's they shooting after the club why they shooting after the club because that particular rap music carries those type of murderous spirits i think i saw earlier somebody said these territories uh, pastor stephen darby said these territories like chicago have a spirit of murder over them i agree glean from his word there's a physical difference between physical eyes and spiritual eyes that are in christ absolutely speaking about this concert moni says i heard that a security guard was injected with drugs in his neck i have heard reports that or accounts that people felt like they were being pricked in their neck with things so yeah that's that's a whole another topic there with that concert you know there's a lot being said about that But, yeah, I agree with NW. There's nothing new in the industry at all. Man. Oh, okay. Kim Gray says, at the rave, there's a spirit of fake love. My bad. I don't know what the rave is. <laughs> I think I said the rave. I, thought I, I think I was talking about the mosh pit. But that thing that Travis Scott was at, I think they called that the rage. Like, they said they were raging, whatever that is. So, I mean... It's always been around, but these new rappers, they they literally look like demons. They're like 90% demons, face covered in tattoos, hair, crazy colors. One of them had different colors in his teeth. They look literally like demons, demon music, demon lyrics, right? And 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 they advocate demon activity. So man, a lot to be said about that. But listen, uh <laughs> I I shouldn't be laughing at this because I don't think he was trying to be funny. Natalia White says they're going to go right back to a next concert. The wild thing is I know somebody that lives in Houston who knew somebody that was at the Travis Scott concert, talked about how crazy it was, and they said that same guy went to another concert that week, like that next Saturday. But, man, that shows you how we can be when we're out in the world. I know you ain't lying. (laughs) You ain't lying. Well, listen, family, God is just so good. Uh, I really enjoyed this solid talk. I praise God because an hour and a half ago, I did not know what I was going to talk about, but I just praise God for um, something that I think was fruitful. I thank Brother Jay once again for coming on. Uh, A lot of stuff we can catch up on. Um, Man, Few little announcements But we'll do those next week That's all I have In this Solid Talk family You all take care And be blessed This is Solid
0: Talk Speaking out loud Check it out Speaking out loud in depth cancel culture can't keep me in check In from beginning gotta tell us what's next True believers they can come and connect Calling or even come as a guest And show each other respect I keep it solid I'm dropping knowledge Wisdom understanding just like you done went to college Devil know we working his goal is to try to stop it Helmet of salvation and shield the faith that'll block it Controversial topics just to keep it honest Truth hit hop just like It's a blunt object Culture living godless I can't even call it We in the last days Babylon is falling don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya Points got to a the this life will keep on testing ya Let's walk and get the best of ya I'm trying to tell you bruh, all the We say we tryna to get the rest Speaking of ya Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check And from beginning, gotta tell us what's next True believers, they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect of the pages, the blood of Jesus covers all my sin and it erases. I pleaded and believe it, so it covers all my bases. Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check. And from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect, call in, or even come as a guest and show each other respect. Try and keep my sanity amongst calamity. Social media, nothing more than narcissistic vanity. PC culture on a mission, and they try to cancel me, but I know Jesus to keep me covered like a canopy blood give me amnesty no i can't handle me not where i want to be but best believe i plan to be flesh wrestle against the spirit main event and slamboree so i need them every day The daily weekly annually iron sharp as iron so i'm strengthened by my brethren we may not meet down here but guaranteed the link of heaven the born again and righteous are the ones he's gonna let in let's keep the faith and be amongst the saints when they step in